Great to have each and every one of you here. Just reminding everyone, you're free to get up and uh, we have coffee and juices and some coffee cake, or not coffee cake, where yes. do you go? Coffee cake. Coffee cake, thank you. And um, I just want you to enjoy yourself. That's the whole goal here. It's uh, supposed to be casual and yet hopefully informative. Hopefully it is. And uh, great to have everyone here. We are at our district conference. Our organization has a... <coughs> You know, by the bylaws of Oklahoma, you have to have a meeting every year and election of officers and everything. And uh, we, in the middle of the election, you know, you think of that as the most boring, dead, dry, you know, you're just there to get through it. And I mean, the Lord came in that place and we had literally an altar call. It was unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. All these, we had about 128 ministers there and it was... Um, it was just remarkable what God did. So, um, but Stephen, just toss that around. As everyone's got a simple offering, if you want to put an offering in, you're welcome. And um, I think Elaine's going to make us one more pot of coffee here. There's more coffee in this thermos, so help yourself. John is already looking guilty. I'm not sure. Because he is. You have to find out later what he did. It's like a little kid. It is so good to have everyone here. So I want to get started, all right? Y'all ready to roll? Okay. Oh. Uh, you do want to make sure that the green light is on, it's a good thing. One of the greatest um, challenges will be uh, our thought process in life. Uh, the way we face and uh, we, we want to we want a good love life in our life. We want to love someone. Um, we, we find out quick that it's not just how cute they are, <laughs> right? How handsome they are. But, but we want them to be able to uh, have a life of where, where they are in this to make you successful and you're in this to make them successful. Amen. And, um, and so this isn't just about marriage, but that is a key facet. Today I want to give you some scriptural references and, and ideas within God's word of how important our thinking is. And I always was awed and amazed how that, uh, where Jesus Christ went to the cross and there he died, he gave his life for us. And, um, and I always thought it was interesting that they would uh, note that they called it the place of the skull. And it's really what happens between our two ears uh, that so much uh, determines our who we are and what we do in life. Um, and I, I have all sorts of thoughts on this today. I'm going I'm to try to keep myself focused. But we are determined, we are, we are promised through the, the law of, of, of sowing and reaping that truly it does matter how we invest ourselves and how we look at what we're doing if it's if it's for good, if it's going to get us down the road, if it's going to be successful. And so today I want to talk to you about our thought life, and I hope that it will be a blessing to you, and, um, and, and then we'll be able to preach here a little bit later. But the mind is the thinking faculty uh, that flows from the body's central nervous system. I guess that's not new to anyone. We call it the brain, uh, or, or most of us. Uh, the space between our ears that controls our opinions, our imaginations, our desires, the way that we handle things through a thought process, are all, and even our conscious and unconsciousness in responses that we have in life. Everything is, is functioning through that brain of ours, this thought process. 
And so it is very important what we're talking about today, and it is very biblical. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to come to you with psychobabble and um, come to you with some sort of psychology today because I don't have a degree in that. I want to tell you that up front. Uh, but I do believe that the Word of God has much to say about it. And so, literally today, I am a product of my mind. I need people to reinforce right things in my mind. And I need people, and I need to try to not be around and hang around people that are going to chew me up and spit me out. And that's just good common sense. Um, if, If undisciplined, undisciplined thinking, in other words... Uh, I'm going to become flabby. I, I could do that easily with my body. <laughs> I want you to know what also happens in my mind. That's right. Yes. Uh, not only that, but I can become unstable. I can become restless. I can become fearful. I can become um, insecure. And I, I can become an emotional basket case. All on the way I feel about myself. And so today, I believe that God has to (laughs) approach the gospel has got to have everything to do with your thinking. Um, We have some things that we have to do in obedience. And we we have to have, of course, we have to have faith. For without faith, it's impossible to to please God in our life. But through that process of faith, we're going to have to start realizing God's got good things ahead for you. He wants to bless you. Amen. Amen. He wants to help you. Yes. Um, But the disciplined mind gives us a firmness, a confidence, controlled singleness of mind. Don't you love being able to face things already knowing what you're going to do? Yes. As opposed to wondering why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I'm really good at those things. Uh, they have a mind that has been prepared for every work that God has for you would be, would be life-changing. And, and this right thinking, the way I handle my thinking, could, should and will become the foundation of everything I become in life. I don't, I don't want just grandchildren, but I want great-grandchildren. And I want them... I want to talk about four and five, fifth generation uh, people living for God through my yes. family lineage. How about you? Yes. I don't. I don't want to have to talk about uh, those who you know are swinging from their neck. <laughs> That's a connection to the thought that we don't. I don't want my heritage to be people that are swinging from trees. <laughs> Nor do I want them to swing from their necks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Sorry. I just want to <laughs> fill in the blanks there. <laughs> yeah, but we can be inspired. We can have direction. Right. And our life on earth can be what Jesus promised, that and more abundantly. Yes. Abundant living is yes. having a purpose having self-worth, having value in your life. All of these things today are within every one of our grasps. There's nothing here that is beyond anyone because it's not based on education or on how much money you have or wish you had. It's not based on how far you went in the educational process to get a good job. Today, I want you to know it's a matter of... uh, being able to realize that I am successful through the Lord. Amen. Uh, so let's go. Uh, John, I always start with you. Pick on you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 5. Uh, Debbie. Um, oh, wait, you're messing me up here. Sandra? Or Diana? Excuse me. Forgive me. I know your name. Uh, do Romans 12 and 2. And then, uh, Debbie, get Philippians 2 and 5 for me. All right, and we, we just, um, we don't pick on everyone. We just pick on those who have made themselves willing to read, okay? So uh, don't worry, I'm not going to 
call on you once we get to the good names in the Bible. Yeah. And I expect you to know how to pronounce them. I only do that to John. I only do that to John. <laughs> if I ever change my chain of reference of having different people read, it's because I want John to have to read something. <laughs> Praise the Lord, y'all. Come in, come in. All right, so 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All right, so our goal as a Christian for successful Christian living today is going to be able to realize that, that we are inundated in a world around us with everything that wants to tear down our Savior, tear down our faith. And, and Paul said, through the gospel, you're going to have the power and the ability to, to put those things under control in your life. Amen. Every thought unto the obedience of Christ. Okay, Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable Amen. So we can, uh, through, the, through our walk with God, we can stop ourselves from being conformed to all the negative garbage that's in our world. Yeah. Everything from vile wickedness to um, manipulation. <coughs> Pardon? And we, and we can be, and we can transform by the power of the Lord. Our lives can be transformed to be able to build and purpose our life and our thought process can be blessed of God. Philippians 2 and 5 is one more verse I want you to read. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. All right, so it's possible today to have a, a, a change of thought process where we can have the same mind as the Lord did. Isn't that remarkable? Yes. Yeah. So I'm kind of taking away this idea that, that, that there's no hope for us because we're in this wicked, vile world. No, I want you to know that through faith in Jesus Christ today, every one of us in this room can have a change of purpose and of life. Our thought process can be blessed. Oh, that's what I want in my life. I want to be more and more like the Lord today. Praise the Lord. All right? So your mind is, from these three verses we just got through reading, your mind is the key. The gospel has a lot to do with the way that you think. All right, so now I'm going to continue on. Uh, uh, Renee, catch Genesis 6 and 5. Uh, Susie, catch Genesis 11 and 6. So now we're, we're going to talk about what the Bible says about when, when the first effort God made to, to bring uh, separation and, and, and begin the salvation passage of helping man to not be like the rest of the world around them, we find in Genesis 6 and 5. Read that for us. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Wow, so that, that's what brought about the salvation plan. God saw that their thinking was stinking. <laughs> yeah. All right. And so let's look at uh, Genesis 11 and 6 now. All right, I'm jumping the gun. I want to first talk about Noah. You heard about Noah? While the rest of the world was being liquidated, Noah floated his stock. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that profound truth is very important in our lesson today. <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I had, to, I had to throw that in. <laughs> this is what brought about Noah's day. The, that man's thinking was so out of control, so perverse, and it was only becoming more and more wicked. It is the snowball effect, isn't it, that one snowball can turn into an avalanche in the, in the mountains because that 
there's something about this progression of thought that just becomes bigger and greater and huge in, our, in, in people's lives. So the second illustration is here with the Tower of Babel that we just got through reading it. I got, let it be read a little too early. And, and this again was, was after Noah had, uh, he and all his children and their, and their husbands were saved by water, right? Um, and, and now they've landed and they're on dry ground and they, and they begin to build. And, and once again, uh, seemingly with no direction, man is just becoming worse and worse again. And so what they said is that, uh, well, we've seen, we saw what happened to our forefathers with Noah. Yeah. God wiped out all of our lineage, took them all on the face of the earth, and, and they all were, you know, flooded, uh, drowned to death. Those poor people, well, we're never going to let God do that to us again. And so we're going to build a tower that will go higher, and we're going to build it higher than the flood was. Yes, yes. And that's what they began to do. They began to build a tower that would reach into the heavens. And their interest was that, that then if God wants to do this again, we don't need God. We can, we can save ourselves. All right? And so God once again saw that they had wrong thinking. This time they were thinking wrong about God and about his interest in them. And so our our. Our wrong thinking can be, can be um, overwhelming in our life. It can, it can reach to all sorts of facets of our life that are so important. All right? <clears throat> so God had to become involved at the Tower of Babel when men thought incorrectly. Um, <clears throat> if we are, leave our minds alone, we, we become literally the breeding ground of corruption. Every evil way is possible in our life. I believe that's why that God has to deal with sin so completely in a person's life. That he has to cut it all off in our life, not just part of it. He doesn't come and say, well, you know, you've had a problem in this area of your life. I'm going to give you victory over this. But he, he may stop, start there. But the goal is that God's got to free us from all sin. He's got to take us out of the prison walls that, that are able to confound us and keep us so that we have no freedom and liberty in our life. All right, so let's go to um, Sandra. Uh, Romans 121 for me. Everybody doing okay? Is this making sense so far? Yes. You all can always ask questions, and my wife or Brother Stevens will answer them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Romans 1 and 21. What does that say? Nice and loud, Sandra. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Wow. So, so people can lose sight of how important God is in their life. And that's like a cesspool. It's like a, it's like a breeding ground. It's a petri dress dish. Just inviting some sort of growth going on in there. I bought a rent house one time. That was a petri dish. <laughs> no, another subject. Sorry, I, I need to keep keep on topic here. <clears throat> I think what you and I have to realize and learn in our lives is that. Nothing is secure in life. I guess these last three or four years, five years now, um, maybe I was more astute or aware of the political things that were going on. I don't know. You know, maybe part of that, that's part of it. But, but I, I can't tell you how disheartened I was when it seemed like I, I thought our Constitution was so secure and and so dominant in our nation and that we could build on that. And, I, and, and since that time, I found out that we're on shaky ground. Yes. There's, there's nothing secure that we're, that we're in today. And so we have to realize that, that to have a sound mind is the greatest place because that means I don't have to change someone else. I just have to work on myself. Right. Amen. Amen. So 
Have you ever thought of virtual reality? What is that? That's, that virtual reality is stimulating an alternative world where the individual engages through sight and sound using their senses instead of reality. We're, we're hearing all this and, and our Senate and congressmen starting to talk about this you know, new idea of AI and all they need is three words from a person and they can, they can duplicate their voice now. Yeah. Yeah. Friend, we are in a perilous time now. Just waiting for people to, you know, have someone's speech and say that they said this when they didn't. Right. And all of the internet's going to believe it. Right. Right. That works. Well, how much greater is that truth, the fear of these things in your own life, when we're in a bad situation, we're in a bad marriage, we're in a bad crisis, we're uh, 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 got a lousy boss, we are, you know, you know in a bad relationship or, or teacher at school or you know, the myriad of problems we face and we say I'll put up with them I'm just gonna go there and think my own thoughts and we create our own little world don't we and we learn how to avoid and not have to face them and we just are we can smile because of what I'm thinking and we say you can be a jerk and it doesn't matter because I'm gonna think what I want to yeah. <laughs> but the problem is if we're not thinking about reality and we're in this in this virtual reality we are in trouble God doesn't want us to live a fake life today so I'm kind of trying to be realistic here I'm trying to talk about real things that are going on in our world today and say that this is possible that we could play these games ourselves we don't even need the internet Virtual reality is stimulating that alternate world where I can engage and enjoy and, and change my atmosphere and my circumstances with, with sight and sound using my senses. Technology, imagination, and virtual reality all coordinate to create another world within the thought process of people that are not facing what God wants them to face. It's immersion, being immersed into a, into a dimension um, that, that was never meant that you would have to face those things. It must suspend, uh, it, it forces you to suspend your own belief in order to be simply willing to play this play game. This, this stage, this actors, the props, everything prepared in your mind so that you can get through the situation you're facing. It's what our prisoners of war had to do when they could not face the pain and the, and the overwhelming uh, uh, you know, pressure and, and, and fear that was in that in those concentration camps, they would go into their ulterior mind. But today, we have to realize that in order for us to do that, that means because we also are in a prisoner of war camp. Come on. We also are being overwhelmed by the enemy, and we feel like that we are in a hopeless situation, and that's not what Jesus wants to do in your life. So, so I'm getting over this, I'm getting through this, because I'm not here to to beat us up, I just want you to realize that can't be the outcome that you're looking for in your life today. We can't channel information, but we have to take truth today and let God's word become that, that, that monument of, of all that I want to be, all that I want to infiltrate in my day, I want truth to impact my decisions. I want truth to impact my mercy for others. I want truth to impact my love for humanity and to help people. I want truth to impact my job 
uh, my commitment to being the very best employer or person I could be on my job. I want truth to impact my relationship with my wife, with my children. And the list goes on and on. God wants us to be founded today on something that is secure. Amen. You see, your thought process are our walls that Jesus knows how to tear down those strongholds that have been built in your life. And I understand why people did it. They were in a, it put in a horrible situation. They were overwhelmed. They were in a position of weakness. They, there was no out. There was no hope. And they just tried to exist. You see, the devil can't destroy you today. The truth of the matter is I can only destroy myself. I don't have to believe him. As long as I have a position, a foundation of truth in my life that I can say, you're lying again, devil. Yeah. Right. And you're the father of lies. Yeah. But if I don't have a foundation of truth, how can I know when the devil is manipulating me and lying to me and taking me down this primrose path that looks so good? Where there's a way that seemeth right on demand but the end leads us to destruction and death doesn't it amen here's a here's a great verse where are we at who's who's up rachel you okay um second samuel 121 does this affect people that god deals with absolutely it does here's a great example of a man they had wrong thinking 2nd Samuel 121 ye mountains of Gilboa let there be no dew neither let there be rain upon you nor fields of offerings for there the shield of the almighty is vilely cast away the shield of Saul as though he had not been anointed with oil. Wow. Literally, this was a prophecy from the prophet. After Saul had gone into the battle and he lost his life, this, Saul's the first king of Israel, right? Yeah. Literally, when that happened, the, 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 the word of God here is saying he didn't have to lose this battle. He didn't have to die. He's, he's saying that the, the blessings of the dew are the blessings of God upon the mountains. And so the prophet's saying here, dew stop. Rain stop. It, it didn't have to be this way, Saul. You, you gave up when you didn't need to. You cast your own shield down. Last week we talked about the whole armor of God and the shield of faith is that, is that one thing that shields us from the Bible, the Bible talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one coming at us when the devil is trying to throw his trash at us. Saul, you didn't need to do this. It didn't need to happen. God had his promises in place. Nothing needed to fail. But you gave up your own protection. And so my scripture setting today is to, is to bring us around to realize today, God wants you to be strong in God. And when you are strong in your faith and your walk with God, you are going to be able to face off so many things that come against you. Yes. Amen. Amen. This altar today that we build in our life has got to restore and renew our minds. That's what right. prayer is for. Right. Yes. Prayer doesn't change God. Right. Prayer aligns me with God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I go there, I start off saying, God, get them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you like I am. And I, and I end up saying, oh, God, 
like Isaiah. Yeah. I, I'm the one. Yes. Yeah. You know, Isaiah started saying, God, you put me a bunch of, with a bunch of turkeys that are sinners. <laughs> that's my own take on the scriptures in Isaiah, but that's basically what he said. Yeah. And, and then finally, after a prayer, after he sees the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and, and Isaiah saw the greatness of God he said oh God I am the one with vile lips if I could ever get us to realize today that God is for you that, that he really can he really can help you you see I haven't talked about God changing the jerks around me today I really I don't know that I can I don't know that I can guarantee it you might be married to him <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, was, I didn't hear Debbie because I was waiting to see what Jacob's response was. <laughs> I, you all know I love Brother John and I pick on him for fun because he picks on me. <laughs> I appreciate him very much. Don't, don't think I'm being, I don't mean to be cruel to him. But you see what I'm saying today? God never meant to change. You know, Paul never preached against slavery. He never preached about the un unfairness of, of women being a lesser being at that, in those days at that time. There, there are all sorts of inequities. Paul, he didn't promise to deliver Israel out of Rome. And yet God said... You could be victorious yes. right where you are. Yes. That's the message today. Yeah. Right where you are. Yeah. I just don't want you to be choosing something that was lesser than what God really had right. for you today. Let, let an altar, let a prayer room, a, a place, and you could pray while you're walking down the street. You could pray when you're in your car. You could pray on your job. Nehemiah stood before the king, his boss, yes. who had the right to take a life of a person that was not happy around the king. And the Bible said that Nehemiah's knees were knocking together. He was so fearful because he, he was vexed. He was overwhelmed with the need of, of going into Jerusalem and reestablishing the, the building the walls and the gates again and, and getting ready for there to be a, a place of worship again in the house of God. <coughs> Nehemiah saw those things and he was moved by God. And the Bible said he stood before the king and his knees were literally knocking together. And God blessed him. He prayed while he was right there before the king and said, Oh God, help me, Lord. He wants to move in your life today. I think it's very refreshing to know that I don't have to change my circumstance. I think eventually God will help you to change your circumstances. The Bible says, wherefore, and this is 2 Corinthians 6, wherefore come out from among them. That, that's a decision you have to make to come out from among them. Who's the them? Those that would be contrary to God's will and purpose in your life. The goofballs, the people that are, you're, you're not going to do away with, with everybody around you that's wrong or that's not living for God or that's, that's got bad thoughts. But you have to realize today when it comes time for you to make steps for God, you can leave the pack that you had been hanging with and you can step out and say, God, I want to be your man. Amen. Amen. One, one last verse today. Um, John, one more time. Titus 3 and 5 for me. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's what we need today. That's what God gave us as a gift to help us that what I received from God yesterday was wonderful. I can tell you some experiences I've had in the Lord that have just awed and thrilled my life. But, but I have to realize as I grow and I mature in God, 
I have to realize I have to go back before the Lord today and say, Lord, I need a brand new touch. I, I thank you for what you've done in my life. But I need to make another step in God. I need a renewing. You see, the Bible says we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in, in Luke 16, he said, you, you wicked fathers know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more does your heavenly Father desire today to give you the Holy Ghost? He wants everybody to have the Holy Ghost. right? And so... But even once I got it, when I was 19, thankfully the Lord delivered me from my, some of my stupidity and some of it he's had to help me through over the years. But, but he delivered me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. But I thank God today to say that I've learned since then not to take away from that first experience, but to learn how that he wants me, according to Titus 3 and 5, to keep renewing myself and keep going because once is not enough. Right. And, and so the washing of regeneration, uh, I was baptized once in Jesus' name. That's what the Bible commands us. It says that part of your faith is obeying. And, and, and the apostle said, all of you have obeyed from the heart. What was he talking about? Everybody has to obey we have to repent and ask God to forgive us. Everybody has a first step of repentance. But then we have to get baptized in Jesus' name. The Bible says that that's what brings me into Christ. But then I also need him to come into my life. So I have to come into him, and he has to come into me for me to become that vessel God wants me to be. Then... I can have washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost constantly happening in my life because I'm in Him and He's in me. Does that make sense? So it's not just saying, I believe in Jesus Christ. And my answer to you would be, I don't have a doubt in my mind that you do. I thank God for your faith that you have. Now we need to find out what the next step is for every one of us because I need to keep renewing i need to keep growing in god and and that's i hope this bible study was valuable to you i i want you to realize today how much i needed to say this because i need to remember how easily i can become corrupted with my own thinking my feelings can get me into real trouble sometimes and all i have to have is a pity party and nobody brings gifts. <laughs> and I'm the one who ends up paying for the whole thing. <laughs> you know? I need today, I need the Lord in my life. And I need to be a part of God's kingdom. I need my brothers and sisters. Oh, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I rely on your right thinking. Your right attitudes. Your faithfulness to God is something that, that rubs off on me. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not speaking as a pastor here. I'm speaking simply as a brother in the Lord and uh, as a part of the church. I need, I need to be that vessel today that keeps growing in God. And so today, if you've never repented, what a, what a great day to, to yes. do that. Yes. Do I have to go into some religion, say you have to go into a box with a, with a priest on the other side? No, 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 no. But we don't confess our sins to a man. We confess our sins to God. Right. And, and I, was in, I was in Latvia. I went over there to do missions trips here a couple of years ago, three years ago. And um, I, I went, I started going to a Bible study with a Lutheran group. Lutheran. Now, I don't, I'm not, I, this is going to sound derogatory, and probably it is. But, but I never thought of Lutherans as being spirit-led. Yeah, right. they, they are pretty much built off from tradition and their, and their typology. Very similar to the Roman Catholic Church. They have all their different features in the, in the, in the room that they rely on as symbols. Okay? And so, but I was invited to come, and so we went. And so we started going.
And uh, I'll say this, the pastor, of course, they all speak Latvian and Russian, and, and I don't. <laughs> and thankfully, some of them had a, had a little bit of, one, one of the women in that church was, a, was an attorney. And so I, I had probably a lot of conversation with her only because she could help me understand things. And I could speak to her, and she understood English. But we, we would go there, and we would start singing. And, and sometimes the pastor said, I want you to learn, you know, Latvian. And so we would start trying to mumble along the words, you know. And other times, uh, you know, thankfully they sing in English. <laughs> uh, but, but in that process, he started trusting me. We had a, built a friendship. And he said, I want you to come. I have a man who wants to be baptized. I said, oh, fantastic. And, he, and um, I knew that he baptized in Jesus' name. I was all for it. And he said, but he said, I, I require a man to have to come and confess all of his sins. I said, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I thought we always do confess all of our sins. <laughs> but I knew that there was something tied to that, but I didn't know, and I thought, I'm going to go. So I met with him, and five hours later, <laughs> no joke, yeah. no joke, yeah. I'm not joking, we, he had a list of things to talk about and saying, what do you need to confess about this topic and about this in your life? Joe, I'm just praying he doesn't, doesn't start asking me these things. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. And, and baptized him, and, and I uh, was there with him as we prayed, and the guy got the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I'm just thinking, that's going to really slow things down in Latvia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but so when I talk about repenting and asking God to forgive us, I'm not sure that any one of us could ever remember all the things we've done wrong. Of course not. And I, I don't think that's what the Bible requires from us or what the Lord would expect. I think God wants us simply to get our, finally our heart, our, our all, our who we are, our yesterday, today, and forever on the altar that says, I'm sorry. I realize now that I've sinned against you even more so than I thought about all the other people I sinned against. And once we finally come to that realization that I believe that's where true repentance comes along in our life. And then, you know, the Lord has promised you just get baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, I want you to know every Sunday, I now by faith, I turn on that pump on that, our, our baptismal in the church. I'm not telling you the water's warm, but it's a lot warmer than it was this morning. <laughs> <laughs> And there, there's going to come a day when there's going to be people that want to get yes, baptized. Yes, and I, yes, I thrill. I can't wait to see it happen. Yes, yes, but, yes. but it's because they are obeying the gospel and, and doing it out of obedience. Yes. Right. And then, and then in Acts 2.38, somebody, um, Renee, read that for us. Uh, this is what the day of Pentecost. Can you imagine thousands of extra people in Jerusalem? Hallelujah. The, those who trusted the Lord had been in the upper room praying now for 50 days. Right? 50 days they've been praying and seeking God. And, and, and um, that's worse than five hours, isn't it? And, and now the Holy Ghost is poured out and, and people are filled with the Spirit and, and the Spirit is set upon each and every one that was in the room and Peter stands up. Uh, with the 11, and he's telling all those people that day how that the gospel of Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of all that God wanted to do in their lives. But this is what, this is what they, they finally said. Read the verse right before too, Renee, if you don't mind. This is Acts 2, 37 and 38. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay, one more verse, if you don't mind. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Yeah, this this became the message of of salvation that people are looking for. Yes. It all happens with our thinking. Right. And um, anything 
you can ever do. Ask someone in this room, and and they can give you great exhortation and encouragement. Um, anybody who lives for God wants people to, to know this wonderful truth. And it's not a matter of choosing religions today. It's a matter of having the experience God wants you to have. Right. Amen. That's really what we're looking for. Praise the Lord. So you don't ever have to sign on our church roll. You don't ever have to shake the preacher's hand. I'd like you to, but you don't have to. But, oh, I want you to have what God's got for you. Right. That's awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. So here we are at the end of this message. Thoughts? Any testimonies? Anybody have a something they want to share? You're always welcome to. This is my time that I can drink coffee. <laughs> it's, it's really with the, all the confusion and all the different voices of this world coming to the house of God with the brother and sisters yes. talking and, and ministering to each other. Yes. Actually gives you a, a strength yes. and a basis in, in a lot of confusion. Yes. Absolutely. When people are upset with the church or with a pastor or whatever, typically they stop coming as often. And that just about is the opposite of what needs to happen. Right. We don't need less communication. We actually need more. <laughs> And I'm not saying that to anyone that they're bad or anything. I understand. We back to this um, artificial uh, reality. We we build something to put a wall around ourselves to protect ourselves. People do that. But I hope that you today will just keep opening your heart to God, ask questions, grow in God. Amen. Someone else. Great thought, brother Stevens. Yesterday we went to <clears throat> a, a play called The Thorn, and it depicted how Judas, you know, was led away with the thoughts. The devil was there, was in his ears, and it had all the spirits around him. And although he was with Jesus every day, he got carried away with these other thoughts. And Very eventually good. he turned in Jesus, and then he felt some remorse, but the devil was still there giving him thoughts in his head and everything, but, you know, and eventually he went down that path because right. he wasn't bringing those thoughts under submission. He just got so inundated with the things of the world. And even mm -hmm. the, the same thing with people in church, like Judas was with Jesus every day. And Jesus loved him, but he got to a place where he wasn't thinking right. He wasn't trusting Jesus. He was listening to the other voices in the world. Yes. And so you do have to just... Bring those thoughts under submission yes. and be led the right way. Yes. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Susie. That, along with what Rachel said, that verse that talked about casting down imaginations and bringing every thought into captivity, that's powerful. Yes, it is. It's like tuning in your radio. Yes. You now all these other thoughts from the world are just static. And we have to tune that all out so that we can hear what God's saying. Very good. Yes. Excellent thought. Yes. Yeah. There are no professionals in living for God. The, the older we go through this walk with God, the more we realize our need. Right. And I believe that all comes from honesty that we are slowly pulling away from the artificial realities that I've created in my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking more and more at the real Kevin Erickson. Mm -hmm. I'm saying, I need, I need to keep myself close to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Anybody? Boy, y'all are careful of that. <laughs> Was it something I said? <laughs> Too much entrapment on John, I guess. <laughs> we have a, let me tell you a couple things. Well, if you're thinking, and, and, and again, if you want more coffee or anything, please help yourself. Um, for those who are able, 
April 1st is a Saturday, and we're going to have, we have scheduled to have a cleanup day. And uh, so we're, we're going to basically just show up at 9 a.m. for a couple hours. And our goal is just to, you know, we're going to clean up the lawn. We're going to pick up some things that need to be done. We're going to, you know, clean the church, you know, just, just different things, do, uh, do what we can. And um, it's just a great day. I thank God our, our last work day was the day that those guys came in who showed up while we were working. It wasn't in my mind. And they said, we're in the area checking people's roofs after the hail you all had in Chelsea recently. And so I said, yeah, look at our roof. Because the insurance company had already rejected me and told me no about a month before this. And so they went up there and said, oh, yeah, you have hail damage. Here's a whole report. They shot us about 30 pictures, and um, they said, you can just give this right to your insurance company. And that's what gave us, and we just had our $45,000 roof replaced yeah. Yeah. at no cost to us. Yeah. Because while we were doing a work day, yeah. the Lord sent someone our way, and I'm, I'm very thankful yeah. for that. So that's going on April 1st. Um, the second, which is the next day, Sunday, um, we have... Brothers well, and sisters Clevenger, they are a missionary uh, to Japan. They are from Oklahoma. They have, they have done AIM work. AIM is where a person pays their own way for to go over to a foreign land and help missionaries that are there. And eventually, some of them stay there with their burden and their passion. And eventually, the United Pentecostal Church, our church organization, says, we're just going to make you full-time missionaries. And so they give them the finance that they need. And so now Clevengers are full-time missionaries, and uh, they will be with us, and, and they will be a blessing. You'll want to hear that Sunday morning message on that. Um, and then Easter Sunday is the week after that. Uh, so we're just a couple weeks away now from Easter on the 9th, and um, uh, looking forward to having a great day. We're just going to invite some people and send out some flyers and invite people to come. And uh, we have a couple... Uh, things we're going to be doing, but it's it's going to be just a good service. Hopefully, it'll be a message that everyone will uh, appreciate about the Easter message. And then, also on Easter Sunday, we take up an offering for what we call Save Our Children, which is our, we have a number of different departments in our organization that raise funds. And one of these is our, what we do to raise money for our children to help um, in our state and also our national, international and so anyways, we all take up an offering that day. And so we'll be taking up a special offering on that day. And so if you have a mind to give for um, Save Our Children, please bring your offering on that day. And we'll, um, we'll give all of that you give to uh, Save Our Children. All right? All righty. Anything else? Have I forgotten anything? Anything? All right. We'll shake hands, be friendly, have a good time of fellowship. We'll we'll get started at eleven fifteen next door for our worship service. Uh -huh.